Got me pacing, putting grades in my head. This for trying young men and your troublesome years. Through trials and tribulation comes a wavering fear. Why? I'm wavering fear. Straight days got me pacing, putting grades in my head. This for trying young men and your troublesome years. Through trials and tribulation comes a wavering fear. I'm high driving on memory lane. Images fade into my mirrors. I drift till I sway, crashing the whip. Disaster and dread, a hazardous kin. Having the mints on my father off his hands in the crib. Shit. Child in my pharmaceutical politics. A product of abuse included in my environment. Long I the novelist. Born in paranoia, destroying my innocence. Little niggas sniffing on opiates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I go by Cash, aka Exec P. Um, this is second week in a row. We have another artist interview, interview, independent spotlight. Y'all know how we do it, man. We got Ja King the Divine and Javi Darko. Uh, we're discussing Fear and Loathing in Long Island. If you guys don't even get to play on that, if you never heard it, Fear and Loathing in Las uh, Vegas, 1998 film. That was the inspiration behind the title. We'll get a little bit more into that. And even further, you know, Hunter S. Thompson is the author of the 1971 uh, novel as well. So, Y'all check that out if you want to go do your research. But without further ado, man, we'll bring the two gentlemen to the to the podcast stage here, man. They've been on before. So, um, you know, welcome back, fellas, man. What's going on? Peace, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. Y'all? Chilling, man. Just working, promoting this album, wrapping up some visuals and stuff. Uh-huh. I said, bro. Staying busy. Working. Word, word. So man, what's what's been up, man, since the last time around, since the last drop? I know you had a project drop uh, last year, Javi and Jai. You dropped something earlier this year. Yeah, um, yeah. Javi, you would go first, bro. Nah, you go ahead. I didn't. Um, my project was like a year and some change ago. You dropped the most. Recent. Um, yeah. I mean, I dropped Parables of the Soul at um in January. That was kind of like um. A last minute thing, but it had worked out because I had like the idea already fleshed out. It was something I wanted to work on for a little bit longer, but I felt like I wanted to keep my foot on, you know, on the gas and get a fan something else and just challenge myself to, you know, just put out something at the beginning of the year. Sure, for sure. Javi, what about you, man? Since the last project, man, I mean, what you been up to? Yeah, um, I got a couple projects in the vault right now. I can't even front. I'm sitting on a lot of music for y'all. Um, but I just been wrapping up this tape that I have with Ja, Fear and Logan in Las Vegas, and my solo projects and getting ready to release that to the world by the end of this year, you know? All right, for sure, for sure, man. So I know you guys have been on the, the pod before, but just for people that don't know, I'm just kind of give them a little bit where you guys from, you know, kind of how you got your start and or whatever else you want to introduce to to the people who don't know about you guys as individual work. Um, yeah, so I'm from from um, basically Brooklyn, New York, Bedstock, by way of Long Island, Green and Long Island. I kind of grew up between both. Um, I started rapping and writing and shit when I was eight years old. Um. I didn't start making music till I was 17 because I didn't feel like I, could, I should be doing it until I felt confident enough to actually put my pen out there and, and do it the right way. So then that's when I really started doing it. Um, and then I met Hive when I was 19 years old when I moved back to Long Island um, and I went to community college. And that's kind of how I met Hive and shit. 
but I grew up, you know, the same same little hip hop story, banging on lunch tables and shit, um, rapping on the block with the OGs, niggas telling me I was trash until I was nice enough, shit like that. Sure, Javi. Yeah, um, same as Ja. I've been rapping and writing since I was eight, and um, I didn't start recording and releasing music until I was like fourteen, and. I started taking it a lot more seriously and going in and trying to make it a business since I was about 17, 18. And I grew up in Long Island my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised. And I met Ja when I went to community college. And it was dope me and him and knowing that people still got that type of passion for this craft. Because I feel like that's rare, especially for folks my age. So, yeah, we kicked it from there and been making history ever since. All right, so yeah, talking about your age, when I got when I saw the title, "Fear Loathing in Long Island," of course, I immediately knew, um, you know, what you guys were getting after. But again, for guys, you guys' age, what what made you gravitate to this uh, specific film to build inspiration off of? Hav, you could go first on this one. I follow you. Yeah, I got you. Um, I feel like we were always fan of the movies and uh, Hunter S. Thompson himself. You know what I'm saying? And throughout our careers in music, like we've always made references to that film or to that type of lifestyle he lived. You know what I'm saying? So we decided to just build a whole full-fledged concept around it. And we love how his form of journalism could blend fiction and reality and still have a message underlying like inside of it. So yeah, we just kind of ran with that topic and that's how we crafted the album. Yeah. Um, you know, how pretty much wrapped it up. But yeah, we went into the album kind of with something to say because we felt like a lot of people in the space we in felt like we was kind of the creative, I guess you could say like weirdo types because we don't do your, you know what I'm saying? Even when we don't even do like the regular, I guess, underground scene sound. We kind of just create our own shit and go and go our own way. So we kind of just wanted to prove the niggas, you know, we go rap and do the same things and, and get over certain production and, and do things, you know, just as good or better as anybody else. Right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that um, because when I do listen to you guys' album, it always takes me into another <laughs> another zone. So I got all these different type of pockets of rap music that I like to listen to. But the reason why I gravitate to y'all mm-hmm. is because it's different. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily right. um, for everybody, which I think is a good thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you should make music to try to attract everybody. You should bring people to you. And that's kind of how the longevity lasts, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, man. So, um, you know, like take us through, you know, you guys through Duke and Gonzo and the characters. Are you guys trying to like, which one are you? Or are you guys just kind of, what are you doing here in this whole entire project or what's like the the goal for it in terms of like the main characters of the movie? I think um, we both kind of embodied both, both people in the movie, but created our own personas out of them. So like how, you know, came up with the persona of Professor Kubrick and I was Dr. Wayne. And we kind of just see both of our, you know, ourselves and both characters from the film. So, you know, that's kind of how we went about it. Just we want to be both guys and just you know go off type shit. Okay, so if there's like one song that kind of 
encompasses like everything you guys are kind of talking about um, in this project, which one would that be? I'm going to say either Sunshine Acid or The Crazy Never Die. Those two right. are just... Yeah, the back. So. All right, man. So let's play one of these joints, man. Um, Let's go with... You said Sunshine Acid? Yeah. All right, we'll play that one. Why? Stay sharp, motherfucker. And we back. Why? Killers and wild dealers concealing within my stool sessions. Food modify the brain. Put you in a rule setting. Bitches love when I rip they boob sections. Sit booze, but I'm responsible. Older broken niggas from stolen youth. Niggas choose alcoholic and dudes. Sexual abuse. Fucking their daughters while they mother snort in the room. Addiction surfaces a depiction of those purposeless and cursed and sin. Serving horny fiends with the dirty grin. A lot of obstacles. Bitches go for niggas with a lot to lose. Ops pop a tool just to stop your moves. Underage. Copping loose pussy from a prostitute. 98 problems. I finished shot me a Glock or two. Make it a hundred. Wig bacon is stunning. I smoke an eight for them nuggets on days that I can't stomach. Others pray for them youngest that suffered but Jesus never came. Learned early people make promises but it never changed. Baking soda was a marketing trail. The road to riches was a highway to hell. Dollars in jail. Obama was a false prophet with a poor doctrine. Young horse became fucking bored and chose the porn option. Yo, lonely stoner watch homies that want to chrome ya. Two in your dome, leave your bones stiffer than chronic pneumonia. Invest in crypto, not bunnies that sniff in this crypto. I blame perversion on religion. The wicked is poke no Vatican blast, shattered glass in the mag. Smoking Elizabeth on Jack and my dick to a show with drag. Metaphor for my flow when I rap. It's nasty. Fame hate that I embrace everything. Alright, so that's Sunshine Acid or Fear Loathing in Long Island, man. So um, there's a lot of different things that you guys take us through in this project. Um, and um, one of the things is like you guys were getting the bars off in this project, but there was a lot of, um, I would say, I, not to say I don't didn't listen more, maybe I didn't catch it, but it was a lot more of, uh, I'll say in Javi's last project, for example, right? It was a lot of, uh, well, all Javi's projects are a lot of him giving himself um, and, and really giving it up on, on your past and things you've been through, um, you know, internally parent wise and stuff like that. But Josh saw a lot of that in this project too, as well. Um, from you, man, what did, what did some of the beats and the, the, the production and kind of the movie, how did that all tie into you kind of opening up a little bit more in this project? Um, I feel, I feel like in all my projects, I kind of, I get real honest about, you know, what I, what I am and what I be going through, but, Maybe the way I put it and word it, maybe maybe too esoteric for somebody or like regular people or regular like average listeners. So this one I kind of just wanted to be more straightforward and and really get it off. And I just been in a you know a mood in my life right now where I really don't. I'm really not trying to hide nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be as you know raw as I could be. And I see people like it and gravitate towards it. So that's where it came from. And, and just working with Javi too. And talking to him for the last, you know, three, four years, building our little friendship, brothership, um, nigga had, you know, helped me open up a little bit about certain things I wasn't always um, so open to speaking about. So that's where that came from. For sure. Like off offline, Javi, how is that like kind of being um, his his springboard for being more treating the music as a more therapeutic thing in terms of opening up? How has that been for you on the other side of kind of? speaking to him about those type of things. 
Yo, it's it's been really dope. You know what I'm saying? And it just makes the chemistry improve like that much more. Um, I feel like we really know each other on a personal level and like throughout most of our career, from like one of the first songs we did, like you could already sense that kind of um closeness, you know what I mean? And one dropping hints about what the other is going through type of shit. So it was always just shit. It's just always dope seeing the progress that involved. For sure. And um it's like uh you know I was thinking like there's a line in there, man, and I was like, yo, you're in the midst of uh and it's one of my favorite records on here, uh Musket Leather. In the midst of you just like going off, um, I hear a line in there and I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? Is this a line that really happened to you or is this like a line that, you know, you're just getting off for anybody yeah. that has gone uh, through it? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know the moment a few people come to me after it, but um yeah, that was that was real. And it was um it was kinda weird to write that shit at first, but um I don't know. I'm somewhere now, like I said, where I'm just embracing certain things. I'm saying fuck it. But yeah, that was a real moment in my life, happened a few times. And um yeah. Alright. You know so I mean as you put it out there, I like to play it for people so that they can catch the line and then we'll we'll kinda come back to it um after this real quick. So this is gonna be musket leather. Stay sharp, motherfucker. We back, we back. Yo, they wanna do me like George Floyd, stronger the voice, the power of the tongue rose from a chamber of noise. They fucking hate me. Take this automatic off safety. Put your daughter on the wall and give her force babies. Every job I see, reminders of me. Squandering youngers who smuggle with a poverty bead. Retired deltas, work their whole life, still felt this. Wasn't there to raise their sons and filter them with error. The less a nigga given, the more the he becomes. In the mirror, blind, torching in my lungs. Metamorphic drug had me strong, tortured from a young, like an orphan. Was forward, yet unfortunately won. Put the plug on education. My pockets were funny, my father was shummy. Said that I'll be starving and bummy. Yo, when you hungry, you do things regret, made burden. Checks ain't certain. I have sex and still feel worthless. My head aches, put the pain in the back of my mind. Mother sick, brain tumors, it's a matter of time. I just hope to bring a light with the way in my shine. Get paid or sign. Every day is a crime. Cause they see my bright light future Coach told me nigga you ain't gotta write too much Shit yours, make a couple changes and maneuver I still miss me the cruising Bumping La Lupe, museum tours for Art Tuesday Truth is, love is touche And for my next is too late Shit's fake, a lamer than Trump's toupee Gets rough when you down in your dick Hypodermic needles got my man stuck on a trip From the heights, no job, but he puffing a split Mother died, then this girl left, nothing but kids This part's of my story, like when I was molested Time, but babysitters I was left with Now I try escaping with the woman that I slept with It's my confessions Get worse when I neglect it Survival Suppress the dark shit Life vital Contemplating only make So yeah that's musket leather So uh, again man um, Just crazy execution in there But it's a lot to unpack in there man And then Javi comes in and, and kind of cleans it up On, on the back end um, Kind of getting personal as well man So 
that's the type of music that I like, you know what I mean? And I'm glad that you guys are are tapping into those those type of things because again, there's 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 different type of rap out there that I that I enjoy, shit that I need for the gym or whatever, but there's also things that I need for, you know, up here just to kind of that hit home and shit like that. And not not that I've ever been through it, but you know what I mean? I just like when people open up and you kind of get to learn a little bit more about them and it helps you buy in, man. So um, shouts out to you for that, man. Like that's that's a lot, man. And you opening up about your pops, you know, and the relationship there, man. So it, it's it's yeah. a lot to unpack in this project. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely is, son. And um, I don't know. I I really didn't want people to um, this to be one of them listens where it was too hard. I feel like for you to listen to certain shit. Um, so I, you know, we try to wrap it up in. And like some of the fiction and some of the, you know, gun balls and, you know, ignorant shit some people like to hear. So, um, yeah, that was that was the plan. But I'm glad, like, you know, people hear it and they really relate. And, you know, they say things like they needed to hear that shit. You know, it's fire. For sure. Hey, uh, Javi, man, on this project, what I noticed uh, a lot, uh, not to say that that you couldn't rap well before. But what I notice a lot is your your pen stepped up a, a lot more in this project. Um, in, in my in my opinion, um, in terms of just like you you just was you was on time with every single rhyme in here, man. Was the not long layoff? I know you've been rapping and got projects in the stash, but was that something that you wanted to get off? Is just your pure ability to rap in this project? Yeah, that was my main focal point for writing this whole tape, bro. Like, the message was always there, but I just needed to really um, show people that, like, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? That was the main intention throughout this whole thing. Right, because what I thought was, like, you know, uh, not to, to label it, but I'm going to put a label, like, the pain rap and that that type of thing that mm-hmm. you do is not always it doesn't always lend for you to have the opportunity to just just go out there and rap have a have a good time um yeah. delve into different subjects um just like this you know this project or this movie how it's so you know just to you know capture the disorientation drugs um and also politics all that that's kind of involved in the film you know what i mean to be able to dance around that and do it lyrically you know what i mean so I thought that was dope. Um, one of the one of the songs on this project I thought captured uh, what the film was about because I had to go back and watch it again just to kind of because it's been a while since I watched it um, just to kind of pick up on little samples that you guys took from the movie or just like flips. Uh, and then we'll get into the production as well on here, man. But I think it kind of there's a lady in the woods kind of captured um, captured it perfectly. So I want to go try to get around to your verse here. In there, just so the people could hear, uh, there's a lady in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling kind of fucked. The woods saving the good, raising those in favor from the savior above. Those who chose rows of holes and low blows, who's he killing you? Slowing up your dough because they miserable. She claiming I'm the lady of the woods, saving the good, raising those in favor from the savior above. Love before you hate, formulate a way to wake the world up, and sure enough, your fire will thrive until they burn up. Universal law, helping you evolve. So as 
rise above and so below Traveling a broken road of lower souls Crafted in Uncle Sammy's uncanny mode Can it be vanity demanding you to pay your toll The Bothan man is making you promises that you can't uphold The lady spoke of prophecies of rivals making mockery You're popping me, espionage spies trying to devour peace Those obstacles can turn obsolete with this foresight Then we saw her vanish the planet into a dark night So there's a lady in the woods. That's, there's a lady in the woods off of Fear and Loathing in Long Island, man. So what was you guys' goal with that particular track? Believe it or not, like, that story has actually a lot more truth to it than you think. So, you know, me and Jai went on a little adventure, so to speak. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And we're walking through these woods and I was telling him like, yo, last time I was here, like, this is a good experience. Because last time I was here, I was seeing mad eyes on the trees and stuff like that. I promise, like, 2.5 seconds, this lady comes out of the woods and she's like, excuse me, do you guys see faces on the trees? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, she was like, yo, I, I, I carve faces on the trees and you can see faces everywhere you go all around the woods. Like, this is what I do in my spare time. And we look at each other. We process that. We look back. She's gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit was fucking crazy. That shit was fucking crazy. And then, and then like, while we walking, like, I feel like when we walked away from her, we was quiet for like 30 seconds to a minute because we both was like, nah, that shit ain't even real. So I'm like, <laughs> word, shit was crazy. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm listening to it and I forgot what scene exactly escapes me now. Um, but you know how kind of every every uh, scene in the movie, they kind of had a different cinematography to it. Whether it's you know them filming at a you know a diagonal angle, just to kind of see how the drugs is uh, taking a hold of them, and like it was like every different type of drug they were taking, it was a different look yep. to to the film. So um, like I was like, okay, yeah, they they getting it with the there's a lady in the woods and shit like that, and I'm like, it's like trippy, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't um, you know done drugs in a while, but to me it was dope, you know what I mean? As far as me seeing you guys kind of captured the moment of the the movie and kind of just going along with it as well. Um, I think uh, The Bayou was a ne- another one um, like that as well that you guys were uh, capturing That's the cinematography. And yeah, yeah, that one was dope, man. Um, so, but yeah, man. So the production on this one in particular, um, I, you know, there was a lot of you going back and forth. And I think on the last time that we did an interview, I was like, Josh, you, you know, you've been producing and you really don't talk about um, the production. So are you producing this one or is it just more of a joint effort where you guys are doing joint production on this one? Um, on this one, I think we kind of went out, you know, and uh, try to get some resources and help this time around. But we still had our hands a lot in like how shit was sounding, tempos, what type of drums, um, how the sample was going to come in. So we technically still produced a lot of this shit, but, um, you know, we didn't, you know, do everything this time around. Well, Javi did produce the lady in the woods, you know, that was him. Okay. And we both mm-hmm. produced, uh, Requiem for Delirium. Okay. So, yeah. yo, 
know it's tough um, to pull off and I'm getting into production as well, right? But, you know, one of the tough things that's um, that's hard to pull off is the beat switch, right? And making things seamless and making it go from one mood to another. Um, even if it's the same tempo or if it's just a totally different tempo, but you chose to do it perverse. You know what I mean? What what made you uh, come up with that idea to just kind of swap it out as you guys were doing, you know, the back and forth uh, style type of rhyme on this on this particular song? To be honest, when we were making that beat, like there's like a little shift in tempo when Jazz verse goes versus when my verse goes on the second half of Lady in the Woods. And at first that like accidentally came about. But once we started rapping and we're like, keep that shit like that shit sounds ill as hell you know what i mean yeah that came about yeah i thought i thought it was a a fire um, thing to do because again that's technically um difficult to pull off but you guys kind of went up you know yeah you you guys went along with it with the tempo and i think it it fit fine and definitely um because this one with this song is what about almost four minutes you know what i mean but you know, and of course, a lot of people aren't doing three minutes and 30 second songs at this point. But again, it feels um, cinematic, so it doesn't matter. And then at the end of the day, the beat switch makes you not even think about it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it helped it out a, a lot. And I think because, too, like, you know, we really rap rap type of niggas. So it's like we be trying to find ways to uh, keep people interested and uh, the shit not be too stale. I think that becomes a problem with a lot of these underground projects or artists. Sometimes, like, niggas get really lazy with their approach and, and what they want to do. And we always trying to find a way to, you know, find a good middle ground to where people can still enjoy it, where we still get the message in and, you know, demonstrate our skill, shit like that. So yeah, that I think th- yeah, I think this is a good way to do it, man, because when you are drawing inspirations from movies or anything like that, it gives you a... Uh, one, a unique approach to whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? And you're not just rapping aimlessly. And that, that's kind of what I, I got from this in, this entire project as well, man. Um, so the one thing I wanted to get back to um, as far as the uh, the artwork, man, who who did the artwork for this one? Because this is like, this this artwork is pretty fire, man. Who, who did it? Yeah, um, it's a dude that we know named Joey Feldman. And... He was actually mentored by Ralph Steadman, who did the original illustrations for Fear and Loathe in the novel. You know what wow. I'm saying? So we broke down what we wanted in the field we were trying to do, and he understood the assignment immediately. You know what I'm saying? So did it just so happen that he was mentored by him, or you guys knew, or you guys researched it and sought him out? Now, I saw his style of painting, and I'm like, wow, that's quite similar, and that's what we're looking for. I'm going to hit him up. And when I broke down the concept and what we're trying to do, he's like, it just so happens I was mentored by Ralph Steadman and I'm still good friends with him to this day. So, yeah, I'll be honored to do this. Nope. Any any feedback from him or or, or Ralph on, on the project by chance? Um, nah, not, not really. You know how right. our people do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. yeah. I, just, I figured like shit <laughs> since it, it was that close to home, what, what did they think about the actual end result, which was the music? Yeah, he wanted our music yeah. before he even did the art, though. And he said oh, he was wow. fucking heavy. So, yeah, I'm sure if he heard the album, he's fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So, um, 
not to serious us out, man, but uh, one of my favorite songs on this project uh, outside of uh, Musket Leather and just the different things you did was one of the, the last song, actually, on a project, Unwavering Fear. Um, that's more truth-telling, but I wanted to play a little bit of it uh, for everybody just to hear, man. Love that one, too. I ain't gonna hold it. myself but felt conscious i'm dying her grandmother yelling and crying finally i entered the void and came back veins strapped to the iv fluid and think back to the very moment that i almost ended it all trying to call death but she never answered the phone whoa, whoa, whoa. that is unwavering fear man like wow that's that's some uh incredible writing that's some uh and like who wants to go first to unpack the verse? And and I got more questions uh, in terms of this this these verses, man. That's just only two verses off the off the uh, off the song, man. So who who wants to talk about their verse first and and goals and what what they were trying to say in there, man? I feel uh, like we can go in order. Shai, you I get feel like I got you. Uh, I feel like son. Um, when we first wrote the song, um. I heard Hobby verse, and I personally, I feel like that's that's one of the best verses or his best verse he ever wrote. And I had to go back to the drawing board like three or four times to rewrite and try to like pull something out of myself, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to get his personal. But 
I think um the the hook was written first and the and the beat kind of told the story like kind of told niggas what we got to do and then um and yeah you know I just tried to pin the most vulnerable the most honest thing I could at the time you know and um it was the closing track so we wanted it to be as real we, the album feels like a you know trip in itself where some things feel real some things don't and we wanted to close it on like a cliffhanger or kind of a tragedy feel. We didn't want to close it on the the good note. You know what I mean? Like sometimes this is what that drug you do to you. You ended up, you know, contemplating and really thinking about everything you've been through in the worst way. You know what I'm saying? So where Yeah, um like he said, the beat kind of just spoke to us and you understood what to do immediately once you heard it. Um, I'm, I heard Ja's verse, and after hearing his subject matter and how he tackled it, like the first time around when he wrote it, I'm like, yeah, this got to be one of them ones, and I got to tackle it in a way I never did before. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to really give... I talk about a lot of the... Same subject matter on this album on 111, but I wanted to just give it a whole new depth to it on this verse and explain shit that I haven't really gone into detail about. So word, I, you know what I'm saying? I decided to take y'all to the beyond and what my time was like there, you know? Shit was crazy, but dope experience. Dope right. track. Right. And, and you know, being older in life and knowing that life's going to throw you guys way more curveballs um, that's ahead and, and things that you guys are talking about. What would be you guys' message to to people, you know, because you're talking about, you know, on a hook, this message is to the young men and stuff like that. What would be your message and how how to possibly get through it or to to just manage um, the different types of things that you, you go through, different types of uh, parental struggles that you're dealing with and, and trying to get past it or, or drug abuse, whatever it may be, what, what would be you guys' overall message to to people um, in, in your age bracket that are going through shit daily? I feel like my message personally is shit is finna get wicked and disastrous and you just got to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like it is going to be crazy. It's going to be sick. It's going to be a lot of shit and it don't stop. You know what I mean? It, it gets worse. But you just develop the strength to keep going. You know what I'm saying? And even throughout all the dark moments on this album, you still get the sense that like we keep going. There's still a sense of motivation and inspiration behind it, despite how dark or real it may be at times. You know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. So just keep going. Word. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, ja? Um, yeah, just... just... Just to um, you know, be hobby echo and shit. It's I feel the same way, you know what I mean? Like, um, just just careful on escapism and trying to, you know, run away from your emotions and issues and shit like that. I feel like um, you know, a lot of things now try to mold young men into running and, and not facing it. And you no know, my nigga, it's like it's not the end of the world when you know you come to a hump. If anything, that shit gonna make you stronger once you push that shit over. So, or just keep just keep going and um and develop skills, you know, in this lifetime and and never be satisfied where you at or who you are type shit. 
Nice, nice. Hey, man, fellas, I know it's a Saturday, sunny outside. We got a lot to do, man. So I don't overly like to, you know, overstay my welcome with the people, man. I think we uh, think we covered a lot of the tracks on here, man. It's uh, it's something that you can't just listen to once or twice and expect to to catch a lot of the lines and things like that in here. This is a project that I think you got to put in your rotation and just let it kind of sit and ride around to smoke something to whatever it is that you do. Um, to to allow you to get through it, man. So I enjoyed the project thoroughly, man. Uh, I think that you guys both uh, stepped up your pen in in different ways in here. Uh, more Javier, like I said earlier, more technically, I think your pen stepped up, and Ja, I think your pen stepped up from an emotional standpoint. Um, in there, like you said, you gave it, you gave us little nuggets, but I think this was just like plain as day as far as just kind of your emotions and letting that out. So. I look forward to hearing more of that um, from both of you guys um, in the future, man. Anything that you guys want to put out there, shows, anything you got coming up, any projects that you you want to announce that you have a, a set date for, have at it, man, and we'll, you guys can take us out. Yeah, um, I got my next solo project, Death of an Immortal, dropping in the fall. You know what I'm saying? So be on the lookout for that. And we got uh, physicals coming out in September for Fear yeah. and Logan. Got you, got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, tape, CDs, and vinyls. Um, I don't think I'm gonna be dropping anything else for the rest of the year, to be honest. But um, we're gonna I'm gonna just keep pushing Fear and Logan. Probably help Hob, um, and Nito, you know, on their albums, and you know, maybe produce something or just put my two cents in on what I can and help the guys out. That's really good for me, this shit. Okay. Just yeah, man. For sure. Wait, wait to stay active, man. Any any videos? Because I can imagine, man, like y'all can get super creative um, with this project in terms of just the video format. Anything like that planned for Fear and Lola? Yeah, we got mad visual content ready and coming out for y'all. So I'm excited for that. Nice, nice. Yeah, we just been stacking that shit up these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you do it well before the project. Sometimes you have to do it after. I get it, man. I get it. You know what I mean? So, uh, fellas, like I said, man, appreciate y'all coming on again. Uh, appreciate y'all continuing to come on and promote y'all project. So it uh, means a lot this project will, will be out uh, or this episode will be out here um, shortly in a couple of weeks. Uh, not a couple of weeks, but next week, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. So um, y'all be sure to share that shit and do whatever you need to do. Uh, supporters, make sure y'all go sep- um, support their individual works. Make sure you go support Fear and Loathing in Long Island. It's a dope project, man. It definitely takes you on a ride. Uh, and with that said, I'm Cash Flow, man. This is another episode. Independent Artist Spotlight, Javi Darko, Jocaine and Devon. Y'all tap in. Again, one with the pen Made my way back home, careers don't actually blend Built myself from the ground up, sacrificed my peak, yeah